Time now for this week's Anderson Healy Show. Powered by Elevation, the Sun Devil's preferred home energy technology company. Greetings, Sun Devil Nation, and welcome to this week's episode of the Anderson Healy Show, the Sun Devil Radio Network program that brings you all the latest news in Arizona State University Sun Devil Athletics and features ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football, men's basketball, and baseball, and your host for this week's show. Ray, how have you been? Good to see you. Good to see you, Tim. Uh, Looking forward to another uh, good week here in uh, the Valley, and hopefully uh, on Saturday we'll have a day game in football and uh, really produce a good show and hopefully a win. So we're optimistic. We're looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be fun to have a day game here at uh, Sun Devil Stadium. As for today's or this week's show, we have a pair of guests joining us a little bit later on. Sun Devil volleyball star Marta Levinska will drop by to visit. She'll reflect back on her team's epic stretch of five straight weeks on the road, and she'll also help us preview the Sun Devils' first two Pac-12 home matches this weekend against UCLA and USC. In addition, we will introduce you to ASU's new women's lacrosse coach as one-time Florida assistant and one-time Loyola of Maryland All-American player Taryn Van Thoff will join us. In what may have been their final Pac-12 appearance at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, the Sun Devil football team showed improvement this past Saturday night, but ultimately fell to the unbeaten and sixth-ranked USC Trojans 42-25 in L.A. The Arizona State offense was terrific in the first half, scoring on all three of its possessions. However, the Sun Devils managed just 14 yards of offense in the third quarter, Ray, as USC, behind its talented and elusive quarterback, Caleb Williams, took control of the game down the stretch. What were some of your main takeaways from uh, Saturday night's contest at the Coliseum? Well, certainly what we were looking for is uh, more competitiveness overall, uh, more urgency, uh, and I think we really got that, Tim. That's a tough place to play anyway, Uh, and they're the number six team in the country for a reason, Uh, and they had their 62,000-plus fans rooting for the home team, but we were competitive. Uh, Like you say, we scored in our first three possessions, winning at halftime 21-17, to uh, feeling that we were absolutely in the game. Uh, Unfortunately, as you alluded to, uh, the third quarter uh, offensively was not a good quarter for us. But then we rebounded in the fourth quarter and came back and, at least for a period of time, made it competitive again. So overall, it was certainly a better performance uh, than the week prior, uh, and that's what we anticipated. Uh, But USC is a very, very good team. Uh, their quarterback is certainly uh, one of the best that we've seen recently. Uh, but we came to play, and we fought to the end. Uh, and so we left there uh, confident that we were getting better, uh, and hopefully that uh, will manifest itself this week after a really good week of practice here against Washington on Saturday. But was it very pleased indeed. with the improvement, to be sure. It is indeed a process with uh, interim head coach Sean Aguano, uh, the process for Sean of instilling more discipline, accountability, and adherence to detail for his uh, football team. How do you think uh, that progress has been, uh, Ray, with uh, Sean's program in the two-plus weeks since he's been interim head coach? 
Well, I, I think you see it in the, the overall discipline on the field. Uh, I think our penalty numbers are uh, declining. Uh, I think the energy uh, across the units, offense, defense, special teams, uh, is certainly elevated. If you go out to practice and see them running and ripping around uh, more than they did uh, prior, you, you have a sense that, that uh, tenacity and accountability and discipline, uh, and very frankly, uh, a mindset of being constantly on the go and ready, prepared, in shape. Uh, you can see that improvement, uh, and that's what we uh, want to see, and we want to continue to see it. But definite improvement. I don't think anybody who's been watching this team and following this team for a while uh, would credibly say we're not getting better in those very critical areas. Clearly a big issue with Arizona State's football team through the first five games of the season has been third down on both sides of the ball. Now, offensively, things were much improved on Saturday at USC. The Sun Devils converted seven of their 13 third down opportunities, but defensively, it was another story as USC had a remarkable eight for nine conversion rate on third down. But frankly, Ray, a lot of that I thought was due to the remarkable escapability of uh, the aforementioned quarterback of the Trojans, Caleb Williams. Yes, it was uh, uh, very clear that, uh, that 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 quarterback has a lot of moxie. Uh, he is very uh, uh, in tune with everything going on around him. Uh, I hadn't seen a quarterback yet in my time here uh, that had the escape uh, capacity and skill set that that guy did. We should have had him three or four times for sacks, for losses that would have turned field position in probably the tenor of the game. Uh, but he just kept going like the Energizer Bunny. You just couldn't have one guy bring him down. So he was the difference in the game, Tim, uh, to be sure, in my mind. No question about it. Ray, I'm wondering, did you get any kind of a sense of uh, nostalgia on Saturday night at the Coliseum, knowing that that game may well be Arizona State's final visit there to play the Trojans in a Pac-12 game with USC's uh, imminent move to the Big Ten Conference in two years? Uh, No nostalgia whatsoever, Tim. (laughs) My focus was on uh, every play of that game uh, and the thought that uh, it may be our last game really hadn't entered my mind much. I've, I've been to the Coliseum a lot when I'm from Southern California. Uh, we were focused on play by play, how are we going to do this particular game? Uh, it may or may not be our last time playing there. Uh, I'm not sure anyone's made a determination that we're, we, we wouldn't want to schedule USC in the future, notwithstanding whatever conference they might be, because, you know, we have a big presence uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, and so if in the future, they would uh, want to do a home-and-home. Home. You play us, we'll play there. Whether we're in the same conference or not, uh, I would uh, not discount that as a possibility because the fact is, is ASU's got a lot of uh, uh, interest and a lot of people and a lot of, uh, hopefully, recruits from Southern California that will be coming here at some point. So we won't uh, automatically say, hey, we're not going back there because they left the conference. So I'll leave that wide open. I think it's a possibility uh, that we'll be back there. Did you have any conversations with any of your counterparts at SC? I'm just uh, curious what the vibe is on their end, uh, anticipating their move to the Big Ten. 
Not specifically about this, but Mike Bone, their AD, uh, obviously is a professional courtesy guy. I still consider him a friend. Uh, so we had a chance to visit, but we didn't we didn't visit about uh, their 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 defection and their move away from the conference. We just visited generally. Uh, but there's there's certainly apprehension a little bit and some nervousness on their part when they're around us because they know, you know, they kind of deflect. Really didn't yeah. tell us much about it, and so you know, human nature is you're going to be a little sheepish when you you feel like maybe you you didn't weren't square with your your friend or your partner. So there's a little bit of that, but they won the game uh, and they're moving on. So you know, power to them, Tim, as they say. Well, this week another nationally ranked Pac-12 foe will come to Tempe as the high-powered Washington Huskies, the team with the third best passing offense in the nation. Will visit Sun Devil Stadium. The Huskies will be seeking their first win against the Sun Devils in Tempe in 21 years. You have to go back to October of 2001 for the last time Washington beat Arizona State at Sun Devil Stadium. The Devils, Ray, have won 12 of the last 14 overall meetings against the Huskies and seven in a row here at home. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, hosting them, Tim, because we uh, feel very confident uh, that in our home against uh, Washington and uh, very frankly should feel this way against anybody certainly left on the schedule, uh, that we're going to be competitive uh, and we're going to be looking to win. So, yes, they're uh, off to a a good start. Uh, I think this will be uh, just their second uh, road game. Uh, And so we're going to bring them down here and we're not planning to treat them uh, very kindly. At least that would be our, our desire. Uh, and at the end of the day, hey, we'd like to see it uh, uh, be an emphatic win against them in our home venue. So we're looking forward to that. Of course, Washington led by Indiana transfer Michael Penix at quarterback, and he is one of the passing leaders in the country so for, through the first five games of the season. And Saturday's week number six game between the Sun Devils and the Huskies will kick off, as we mentioned earlier, at 1 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Our Sun Devil radio network coverage will begin at 10.30 a.m. Saturday morning with the Sun Devil tailgate show hosted by Jeff Munn. And you can hear the game on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Our broadcast will also be streamed on ArizonaSports.com and will also be available on the AZ Sports app. So if you can't make it out to the stadium, join us on the radio. We'll have all the action for you. Let's talk some football international style now. Soccer to you and me. Sun Devil Soccer split its first two home Pac-12 matches this past weekend and saw its eight-game unbeaten streak to start the season come to an end this past Sunday against Stanford after beating California 2-1 to one last Thursday night at Sun Devil Soccer Stadium on goals by Alexa Del- Alexia Delgado and Ava Van Dersen. Arizona State lost 2 to nothing to Stanford this past Sunday afternoon. It was the first loss of the season, Ray, for Coach Graham Winkworth's team after six wins and two ties to start the 2022 campaign. Yeah, it's a it's been a strong start. You know, I think uh, Stanford came in ranked like 19th in the country, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, always a very solid program. So it was nice to get home, beat Cal on Friday, and then play uh, Stanford tough on uh, Sunday. But uh, I think we're six one and two, as you mentioned, uh, in good standing in terms of the national 
uh, rankings. Uh, and so we're looking forward to uh, hosting. Uh, 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 and I think we host this week. Am I mistaken on that or am I thinking of volleyball? Actually, we head to lot volley. Yeah, volleyball is home against the L.A. schools and soccer. And we go and, and we go to L.A. That's right. Yeah, so, I got uh, I got them mixed up. There you go. Volleyball will be here. Soccer will be there. They as they will head to Tinseltown. Their games uh, matches at UCLA this coming Thursday, October sixth, a seven p.m. start for that one on the pitch. And then Sunday, uh, the Sun Devils will play at USC. Game time there will be twelve noon. It was a mostly successful opening weekend on the road. For the Sun Devil men's swimming team coming off their sixth place finish in the NCAA championships last March. Coach Bob Bowman's Sun Devil men fell 46-44 to the Georgia Bulldogs last Friday in Athens, Georgia, in a dual meet that nearly flipped Arizona State's way in the final event of the day. The next day, Saturday, though, was a much different story as ASU defeated both Georgia and the Missouri Tigers in a tri-meet in Athens, Georgia. The Sun Devil women's swimmers weren't quite as successful. They lost both their dual meet to Georgia as well as their tri-meet to both Georgia and Missouri. Yes, the men uh, against Georgia straight up uh, just fell short but came back the next day and got both uh, of their opponents in. Uh, The women fell short on both days. Uh, but you like going in against really good competition. You know, Coach Bowman uh, and Rachel and, 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 and Briggs and them, uh, they want tough competition. So we got it. We asked for it. We got it. The men came out in good shape. The ladies are going to be challenged. But uh, strong anticipation and expectations for both of our swimming and dive programs this year, Tim. The individual stars of the Sun Devils try meet win Saturday over Georgia and Missouri, as you might expect. Sophomore sensation Leon Marchand and veteran Grant House. Marchand won all three individual events in which he competed, the 200 fly, the 200 breaststroke, and the 200 IM. He was also part of ASU's victorious 400 freestyle relay team. As for Grant House, he won four events, the 100 and 200 freestyle, the 200 and 400 freestyle relay. And Ray, I mean, thinks those two fellows are going to be the... Uh, uh, anchor points, I think, of this Sun Devil men's team this year. I think you have that uh, exactly right, Tim, because they are two great talents and have been. Grant for his whole time here, and certainly Leon joining us last year, and now in his second year, coming off the great summer performances that he put up, certainly Leon and and Grant uh, are expected to lead this uh, men's team this year. And uh, I got to say, when we're when when people see us scheduled to play. Uh, and swim and compete here at Mona Plummer on campus. They really should do themselves a favor and give them themselves a treat by coming out to watch this uh, swim and dive program, men and women. Uh, but certainly if you get a chance to watch a Leon Rashawn in a Grant house uh, for no admission fee, you need to get out here. I would say so. And the next opportunity to get out there and support the Sun Devil Swimmers will be coming up on Saturday, October 22nd. And an attractive meet it will be as the Sun Devils will host the Big Ten's Wisconsin Badgers at the Mona Plummer Aquatic Center. Again, that's Saturday, October 22nd. After five straight weeks on the road, the Sun Devil volleyball team will finally, finally 
return to Desert Financial Arena this weekend to host their first two Pac-12 home matches of the season. And coming up, we'll check in with one of ASU Volleyball's veteran stars as junior outside hitter Marta Levinska will join us. But first, let's take a timeout. This is the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network. 75% of the electricity you're using is on products that are turned off. And your ceiling fan could cost you up to $5,000 over its lifetime. Sun Devils fans, you know your sports stats. At Elevation, we know the stats that can help save your wallet and the world. Visit PoweredByElevation.com and learn how our full suite of smart solar solutions can make a powerful difference today. Elevation is a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Forks up, bills down. Get your forks up, Sun Devil fans, because Bar S, the number one selling hot dog brand in America, is now a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. From hot dogs and sausages to bacon, ham, turkey, corn dogs, and more, Bar S offers an all-star lineup of delicious mealtime and game-time meat. Grab one of the new Bar S Sun Devil sausages next time you're at the stadium and head to your nearest grocery store to score some Bar S today. Bar S, a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Hey, it's Paul Calvisi, and if there's one thing all top teams have in common, it's consistent performance. And that's what you're going to find up and down the full lineup of Ford trucks and SUVs. From tailgating to towing, on the job or on vacation, Ford has the right vehicle for you with performance that never quits. See that full Ford lineup today. Just stop by your Arizona Ford dealers or visit buyfordnow.com. Proud partner of the ASU Sun Devils, Go Devils! The Anderson Healy Show continues now from the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is our weekly program that brings you all the latest news from the realm of Arizona State's Sun Devil Athletics. Along with ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson, I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils, and we are glad you're with us this week. As we've told you off and on over the course of the last month or so, the Sun Devil Volleyball Program saw its frequent flyer miles surge over the past month plus. Coach Sonia Tomasevich's team played 13 consecutive matches spanning five consecutive weekends on the road with stops in Atlanta, Georgia, Waco and Lubbock, Texas, Tucson, Boulder, Colorado, and Eugene and Corvallis, Oregon, during that stretch. Well, now, finally, after all that traveling, the Sun Devils are back home in Tempe, and they will host their first two home Pac-12 matches at Desert Financial Arena this weekend, taking on UCLA Thursday night, October 6th, and USC this coming Sunday, October 9th at 1 p.m. Joining us this week to talk about ASU volleyball is a young lady who so far this season has had nine matches with double-digit kills totals, as well as two double-doubles this season. She comes from Riga, Latvia, and we are delighted to welcome junior outside hitter uh, Marta Levinska to the show. Marta, welcome. Uh, How are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, hello. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm doing pretty good. You know, excited to be back home and, um, you know, get back into, like, a normal routine of, like, playing home games and that kind of thing. So, yeah, excited to you know, have the five weekends away, um, have that in the past. So, yeah. I'll bet. Uh, Tell us what Mm -hmm. those five weeks were like for you and your teammates, all that traveling and a 
relatively short period of time, some long trips, you know, fatigue that can come with travel. Uh, how was it and how did you all deal with it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough. At first it felt like, oh, like we got this. Like, you know, it's not like that bad. But then when like the time goes by, you realize like, wow, you only have like two days back home before you go back on the road and like doing like homework, for example, or like catching up with family and friends. It's like basically impossible it's yeah it was tough and it felt like you know the days we got off or like we're home we had to spend most of the days just like doing homework and yeah it was hard like you didn't really have any downtime i would imagine now your team finished just under 500 in those matches on the road six and seven uh, i'm wondering marta how you feel the experience of playing all those matches on the road uh, will benefit your team down the stretch from a competitive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think we learned a lot in this preseason, and um, it was it wasn't probably like we wanted to go better, but um, like it is what it is. But I think we learned a lot of lessons, and yeah, I think we kind of are ready to um, like face like adversity or like struggles because these past few weeks have been hard, like physically and emotionally. So yeah, I think it only made our team stronger. What did you learn about your team in the process? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough kind of like, you know, you're spending all this time with your, you know, the same girls, like the same people. And, um, you know, you have to learn how to have like uncomfortable conversations or like, how to like support each other on and off the court and how to bring those relationships on the court. And yeah. And, you know, being five weeks away, everyone's a little, you know, stress or like losing games is like stressful, but you know, I think we had also some really amazing games where we kind of came out of our shell. So I think it definitely was beneficial for, yeah, the whole team. And I thought one of those was your most recent match on Sunday. You went up to Oregon, uh, Pac-12 road matches. Uh, you lost on Friday in Eugene against the Ducks, but you go to Corvallis on Sunday and you come up with a huge five-set victory over Oregon State. You had 19 kills, I think, in that uh, match to mm -hmm. really lead the way. How important was it to finish not only the weekend, but the road trip on such a positive note? Yeah, I think it honestly it meant a lot because – we like you know we had like some tough conversations after the Oregon game and you know we kind of we worked a lot on our team chemistry and like on and off the court and I think we're finally able to bring it when we played against Oregon State and yeah I'm just really proud for my team and that that win meant a lot and you know we fought for every point which was very important for us so yeah it was it was an amazing win. And your offense was really on point at Oregon State. Uh, in particular, uh, share with us your thoughts about your teammate Shannon Shields. Shannon had a career high, 50 assists in the Oregon State mm -hmm. win. Yeah, I mean, Shannon is just, she's such a, she's just a great person, honestly. And uh, yeah, and we've always had like a really good connection. And I know she like trusts me. And, you know, she's one of those people where like, you know, she sets me a ball, I get blocked and she's going to set me again. Like she, you know, she will make you like feel good on the court and she will, she trusts you and she supports you. So yeah, I, I'm really happy for her. I think she really deserved, um, you know, the, like the recognition that she got. Absolutely. Uh, we mentioned that was a five set match, but uh, I tell you what, five set matches are nothing new for Sun Devil Volleyball. You've already had 
five matches this year that have gone a full five sets, winning three of them, including the Oregon mm-hmm. State match the other day in Corvallis. And last year, Arizona State had 11 five-set matches, the second highest single-season total in program history. What does it say, Marta, about you and your teammates, the competitors that you are able to extend so many of these matches to five sets and winning more than your share of them? Yeah, um, well, last year, um, I think we we had a lot of five-setters, but we lost a lot of five-setters, um, which was something we definitely wanted to change this year of, like, like if we fight that hard to get there, like we have to end it and finish it. And, um, you know, so far I'm really happy we pulled this last five-setter and we got the win. And, yeah, this year it feels a little different. I think this year we're a lot more confident going into the five-setters and ready to fight it off. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're very scrappy and we're like we don't want to give up, like ever. So, yeah, I think um, that's why we've been able to pull up a lot of these uh, five-setters. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, honestly, it's a decent place to be in, just like knowing that your team wants to fight and we're ready to go to, to those five sets. So, yeah. And maybe a reason for that, uh, the improvement in the five setters, the confidence is that you have more experience now in your team. Uh, in the re- last couple of years, you've had a youthful squad, but this year you have a lot of upperclassmen on the roster. And I'm wondering, how that added experience has impacted the team. Maybe the improvement in the five set matches is uh, part of the reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've returned basically all of the team and we keep, we have a lot of like juniors and seniors in the starting lineup and, you know, going through these years, we've learned a lot as a team. And now that we get to like kind of keep the foundation the same every year, we learn something new. And I think we, really kind of yeah I mean we have that experience and we know it's going to be tough and we go in with expectation of like you know Pac-12 is a like any team can win any team so you have to go in with uh, like a very like like fightful like mindset so Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely think the experience and learning from last season of all the five setters and the games that we um like we were so close, but we were like a little bit, like a little bit missing something like this year. Hopefully we'll be able to um, show better results on those ones. So, yeah. Now, Marta is part of an impressive duo at the outside hitter position at Arizona State, along with her teammate, Iman Isanovich, who last year became Arizona State's first all Pac-12 volleyball player since 2017. Uh, in your opinion, Marta, what makes Iman such a good player and what's it been like playing with her, uh, the two of you on the court? Yeah, I mean, Iman is, Iman is feisty and she's going to she's gonna go all the way. She's going to, um, you know, she knows the team relies on her a lot and she's going to go for it and she's not going to give up. She's not, she's, like, she doesn't get frazzled easily. Like, if, you know, I don't know, if she makes mistakes or something, like, she's just going to go, still going to go for it and... Yeah, I think that's what I really appreciate about her, and and of course she's see such a such a great person like off the court, but like on the court, like she's very like intense and driven, and I think a lot of people now see how like how much she like wants it, and that's why she's like sometimes like other people see her as like intense or like that kind of thing, but you know I think that's what makes her so good because she knows what she wants and she goes after it. 
It's interesting that you say that because I've heard uh, Coach Tomasevich, uh, you know, that talk about the two of you together. You're huge parts of this team, but she said you're different personalities, and you described Iman pretty well the way Sonia does. That Iman is, it's almost like you're fire and ice. She's the fire, emotional, demonstrative, feisty, intense, as you said, maybe hard on herself at times. And uh, Sonia says that you are the cool, relaxed, composed one. How do you feel about the differences in your personalities and how you two blend together so well as teammates? Yeah, I mean, I I always think you have to kind of like I have a balance. That's a good thing. And, you know, we have all these like different personalities on the court. And, you know, I don't know, like a full team of Imans would probably not go that well or a full (laughs) team of Marta's would not go that well either. So, you know, so it's, yeah, it's just nice having like that balance and, um, yeah. And, uh, I sometimes feel like I try to like, see what the team needs. If the team needs more like chill Marta and like the chill Marta, and if, I don't know, they need maybe a little harsher Marta than I can be that too. But yeah, I do like just being more like relaxed and like chill on the court, but that, that's how I feel more com- most comfortable. So, yeah. Interesting. Now, you two also share the bond of being international student-athletes at Arizona State. I think you and Iman are among four players on the volleyball team who come from outside the United States. Did that help you get in a comfort zone when you came to ASU and meeting so many student-athletes in different sports here coming from outside the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Iman Hollis has been there for me like in that aspect, and we've always related to each other a lot in that like international aspect and we like the backgrounds we come from is very similar and the teams we played with back home is very similar and the volleyball we played is very similar so yeah it was just like we kind of understood each other or like the like our personalities when for some people it seemed like all the europeans are like harsh or like rude or something for us it was like oh it's like that's just how we are or like i don't know you know (laughs) Some people just might come across like that, but it's just, I don't know, we kind of just understand each other. or Yeah, so I think that definitely was something that um, bonded us, like made us closer. Now, last year you were named the 2021 Latvian Player of the Year. How big an honor is that in your home country, and what did that mean to you to receive that award? Yeah, that, that means a lot. It's always so nice, like, being recognized in, like, my home country and, because our volleyball community is, I mean, a lot smaller than here or something. And it feels like, you know, that people like support me from back home and they're like watching and, you know, still supporting me when I'm here. So, yeah, it means a lot. And I'm really, really grateful. Speaking of support from back home, uh, your family, how are they able to follow your volleyball exploits here in Arizona? Are they able to come and uh, see you play on occasion? Yeah, well, they haven't been able to, like, come here necessarily, but they're always trying to, like, watch games, even though they're, like, in really bad times at, like, 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. Um, or, yeah. like, super late. Um, and a lot of the times they don't work for them and they get frustrated with that. But, yeah, they always, yeah, or they're always there to support me and they always, like, um, yeah, I know they're watching. So, yeah, it's very nice having that support system. Oh, I bet it is. So what's it going to be like, Marta, when you finally touch the floor of Desert Financial Arena again this weekend as you finally get back home to host uh, UCLA and USC? You'll never take your home floor for granted again, will you? Exactly. That's literally what I said today. I was like, I cannot wait to play here. I'm so excited. 
we're serving here. We're actually going to serve here this weekend. Like, wow. <laughs> so I'm really excited and ready to go all in. So, yeah. How do you think all this time on the road has geared you up for the rigors of Pac-12 play? I think it, yeah, it made us tougher. And um, we know we played for a lot, a lot of teams that were like out of our conference or teams we have never played against. And it's honestly kind of nice playing against conference teams because you kind of like know the players and you know the like the system they're run. And sometimes it's a little harder playing against like complete, you know, like stranger team or like that in that mm-hmm. aspect. But um, yeah, I think it prepared us well and it, you know, gave us some like um, some like fire to like catch up on impact 12 games because we know we have to get some important wins and some upsets. So yeah, we're ready to do that. Indeed, and it starts this weekend, uh, UCLA Thursday, USC Sunday. We've really enjoyed visiting with you, Marta. Thanks for stopping by and wish you and your teammates the best of the luck, uh, not only this weekend, but for the rest of the season. Yes, thank you so much. That's Sun Devil Volleyball star Marta Levinska joining us here on the Anderson Healy Show. Coming up next, you'll meet the new head coach of the up-and-coming Sun Devil women's lacrosse team, as coach Taryn Von Thoff will join us. But first, let's take a time out. This is the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network. Have you heard of the new Hit the Jackpot promotion from the Arizona Lottery? Hit? Like my top 40 hit songs playlist? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, hit. Like how I was the star hitter in the office softball league. It's gone. No. Oh, like my hits in karate class. Hi-ya! No, like the new hit tickets from the Arizona Lottery that are loaded with $33 million in prizes and can be entered to win a progressive jackpot that grows up to $150,000. I'll enter today. Saturdays are made for football, and when the game is on, we're finally off. Off duty, offline, out of office. A cracked Coors Light is our do not disturb message to the world. On game day, we don't think about the 9 to 5, but worry about the 4th and 1. So this Saturday, grab a Coors Light, press play on some pigskin, and pause on everything else. Coors Light, Mountain Cold Refreshment, Made the Chill, official corporate partner of Sun Devil Athletics. 2022 Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, celebrate responsibly. 75% of the electricity you're using is on products that are turned off, and your ceiling fan could cost you up to $5,000 over its lifetime. Sun Devils fans, you know your sports stats. At Elevation, we know the stats that can help save your wallet and the world. Visit PoweredByElevation.com and learn how our full suite of smart solar solutions can make a powerful difference today. Elevation is a proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Forks up, bills down. It's now time for the official Game Time Munchies break with a cold, tasty brew from Lagunitas. When you're hungry from raising the pitchforks high, reach for the highly balanced Lagunitas IPA. It's wow with wings, perfection with pizza, and nearly unmatchable with nachos. Their IPA just goes with football food. We're proud to call them the official craft beer of Sun Devil Athletics. The Lagunitas Brewing Company, Petaluma, California. Drink Lagunitas responsibly. Welcome back as the Anderson Healy Show continues now from the Sun Devil Radio Network alongside of ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson. I'm Tim Healy, the radio voice of the Sun Devils, and Ray and I are glad you're with us this week. After leading the Sun Devil women's lacrosse program to the best season in the brief history of the program at Arizona State, 2022 Pac-12 Coach of the Year, 
Tim McCormick accepted one of the plum jobs in collegiate lacrosse when he was named the new head coach at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. In early July, ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson hired Tim McCormick's successor at Arizona State, welcoming six-year University of Florida assistant and one-time Loyola of Maryland All-American player Taryn Van Thoff into the Sun Devil Athletics family. Taryn takes charge of a program that last year advanced to the championship game of the Pac-12 tournament for the first time ever. We are delighted to welcome Taryn to Arizona State and to the Anderson Healy Show. Hi, Taryn. It's great to have you at ASU. Uh, have you and your new husband settled into life in the desert yet? We have. We have. New husband and 120-pound Great Dane. We're, we're living life out here. We're loving it. That's great. Well, it's so great to have you here. What were some of the main selling points that attracted you uh, to leave your position as an assistant coach at Florida to come out and take over at Arizona State? Um, a couple of things. I know I think one of the first things I talked about getting out here um, on my interview was, you know, the opportunity for success and the opportunity of firsts that are going to arise for this program and the trajectory that it has. And I think there's so many exciting firsts left left to hit that it's, you know, that's what we're working for. Practice after practice, week after week. Um, so, you know, it's really exciting. A lot of opportunity. Indeed. Uh, Florida had great success uh, in women's lacrosse in your time as an assistant with the Gators. Uh, as I understand it, five consecutive NCAA tournament berths, including two straight years, making it to the Elite Eight. What did you learn from your Florida experience that you think will help benefit you as you take over your own program with the Sun Devils? You know, and I think in terms of my experience at Florida and bringing, you know, those valuable moments and lessons and things here, I think, uh it's very similar in terms of it was what I did walked into Florida when it was year eight and now I'm, I'm here at ASU at year six. So I think from that standpoint, um, building an alumni base, building a culture, building excitement in a non-traditional region and program is very, very similar. Um, so I think that's the fun in it is I've, I've got a glimpse of it and I get to then bring it out here and do and do that and build that right here at Arizona State. So what was your assessment of the team and the culture of the program you inherited from Tim McCormick when you came on board here this summer? Rockstar unit. Um, I think, you know, looking at just statistically from the things they've done, they, they had a phenomenal season, a record-breaking season for Sun Devils lacrosse. Um, but then even walking on campus this summer and, and having conversations with our student-athletes, the most welcoming unit. And I think they were all as well, equally excited about the opportunity. Um, graduated a ton um, in terms of production, but also numbers um, with 16. So I think everybody's walking into a new a new opportunity and a new position and a new, a new chance at change. Now you coach some talented players at Florida. In fact, 18 Florida Gators were named All-Americans during your time in Gainesville. How does the talent on this Arizona State team that you're inheriting compare with what you had at Florida? Oh, yes. I mean, this team is the example of, you know, intangibles. They have the grit, the grind, the competition. They come out to practice every day hungry. Um, and I think, you know, looking at last season, falling just a little bit short in a Pac-12 championship and getting snubbed in an NCAA tournament, they are hungry and it shows. And I, I mean, they're motivating us just as much as we're coaching, teaching, motivating them on the practice field every day. 
That's a great phrase. I think you're right. Arizona State was snubbed. The Sun Devils last year won 11 games. They won seven Pac-12 games. As you said, made it to the conference tournament championship game before falling to Stanford. And were, I think, one of the first four teams out of the NCAA tournament field by every eye test I can apply. I think that team should have been in the NCAA tournament a year ago. Yep. And I mean, they felt it. Uh, I think nationally people felt it. It's been talked about, but now, you know, we get to, we get to get back out there. We get another opportunity to grind, to put ourselves in the best position where, you know, we're, we're going to put ourselves in there because we're going to qualify for it. Not because we're going to wait on, on a hopeful bid. So I think that's the, you know, the next step to sealing, sealing our fate and making sure we're putting ourselves in the best place possible for an NCAA run. Taryn, how will your team's style and brand of lacrosse compare to uh, what we saw with uh, Tim McCormick here the past couple of years? Yeah, I think we bring a blend. Um, I know last year they relied a lot on their two-man, but I'm a big fan of the two-man. So I think we, we bring a blend of traditional and and the box style of, of lacrosse. So I think it's really playing to the strengths of the student-athletes we have. Um, and a lot of them are gearing up in, you know, learning a whole lot, but at the same time, taking what they've known and what they've grown with and, you know, putting a really good product on the field. So it's going to be a lot of combinations of things, but it's going to be fast regardless. We're going to get up and down that field and it's going to be a high speed and fast pace of play. Who are some of the players that you plan on leaning on this year on your team? Uh, Some of the returnees include attacker Katie Brodsky. I think it was the leading returning scorer from a year ago when she had 46 points. Midfielder Kalen Buckner also returns. How important will they be, and who are some of the other players you'll be leaning on as anchors for this team? Yeah, I mean, you nailed two of them right off the get-go. I think they've been important even in our transition as as staff, as a new staff coming in and, you know, blending that culture and creating that seamlessness to then step out onto the practice field and feel like a unit the first day we stepped out there. Um you look at Mina Scott, a, a junior who who saw some some real minutes and will continue to produce and, and excel on the field. You've got Katie Valley in the backfield as a as a starting goalkeeper. That's you know she's she makes unbelievable saves. It's it's exciting to watch her style of play. Um, so I'm excited to get to work with her on a day to day basis and with Flynn on a day to day basis in that in that backfield. Um, a couple new faces step in. Um, you've got Tegan coming from some Canada-style lacrosse, and she brings an exciting dominant lefty to the to the attacking picture. Um, but really across the board, we're really looking at, you know, who's clicking and who's fitting um, together and playing together. Because at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about stats and, and let those, those stats shine, but it's the seven um, defensive and offensive units that produce the most that are going to get things done. Now, prior to embarking on a coaching career, you were an All-American, as we mentioned, a midfielder at Loyola of Baltimore from 2013 to 15. Having been a player not that long ago, Taryn, how do you feel that helps you as a coach in terms of, you know, relating to your players, understanding the different things that are going on in their lives as college students? It is. Oh, I can't. I love it. I love the fact that I can have the empathy in terms of understanding exactly what they're going through. I mean, I, yes, you talk about my college career and and I've also been fortunate enough to play, you know, the professional league the past few summers, which also gave me a really good glimpse at, you know, we kind of went through that same COVID process and a a different understanding on how we, how we treat a lot of things and how we attack, um, 
not just the game, but, you know, who we are as a person, player and student, student athlete. So I think, you know, in terms of relation, uh, I hired a young staff, but I think we're super relatable. We pride ourselves on like the development of our student athletes. And that's from a holistic approach. Um, we're going to hit all things in all rounds. It's not just, you know, what we do out on the practice field. Tell us about your staff. Yeah, so I, I brought in um, Haley Warden. She comes from JMU, um, winning a national championship herself as a player. Um, and then James also, Madison University, I'll uh, point out, from my home state of Virginia. <laughs> yes. Um, so Haley was with the Dukes for a couple of years. And then Caroline Wakefield comes from directing a club program, but a phenomenal playing career. Um, at the University of North Carolina, where she also won a national championship herself. So, you know, we bring in two, two youthful assistants. We just talked about the player development piece with that, but they know what it takes. I mean, the three of us have competed at the highest level from an NCAA standpoint and a professional lacrosse standpoint that we're excited to watch the new brand and the new product, but we're also very involved in the change. Lacrosse is an ever-changing sport. Um, we're one of the few sports that has rule changes every single year um, where we're not traditional in how we how we operate. And so to be a part of that and be amongst the best minds and playing still and understanding new strategies, new tactics and standards um, is really exciting because we get to bring that right back here to Arizona State. Now, you were the recruiting coordinator, as I understand, when you were at Florida. What will be your recruiting philosophy at Arizona State, uh, as you mentioned, uh, like Florida, ASU is a program in a what you might call non-traditional geographic location for lacrosse. And of course, the strength of the of the look of the sport of lacrosse is a long ways from uh, Tempe in the mid-Atlantic states uh, where you're from and where you went to college. What will be your recruiting plan uh, philosophically and also from a geographic standpoint? Yeah, I think, you know, we're going to want to grow the brand here. In, in the state of Arizona, and that's going to start from from youth and, and building um, over the years, and that takes time. But from a recruiting standpoint, it's not necessarily location-based. Uh, we're going to go out West Coast, East Coast to watch teams, but we're going to find the best fits, and that's both athletically, academically, and culturally, and that's that's our biggest thing. So it's not about really where you're from, but but who you are and what you bring and how and how we make a cohesive unit. Now, lacrosse, of course, women's lacrosse is a spring sport uh, at Arizona State and uh, in this part of the country. But what type of fall program do you have with your team right now? Yeah, so we're gearing up. We're in our 20 hours. Um, we actually really exciting week for us. Our alumni come into town for an alumni game Friday afternoon, and then we host a banquet. Um, we'll have another maroon and gold scrimmage inner squad. And then we head to San Diego State to play San Diego State and Cal Um October 23rd. So a couple tough matchups here out in the West Coast, but um, exciting times. I think, you know, we get to put a brand of lacrosse out that no one's got to see yet. So we're excited to showcase. When the season starts in February, what will be your expectations, Taryn, of your first Arizona State team? To come and compete, right? Minute to minute, moment, moment by moment. Um, I think we talk a lot about playing in the moment in our intent and being intentional. Um, and I think that's exactly it, like coming out together as a unit each time we step on the field. Well, it's so great to have you at Arizona State. And again, congratulations on your recent marriage. Uh, you're, you're a newlywed, right? I am a newlywed, but I'm also new job, new location, 
new marital status. It's been a very exciting couple last few months. I bet it has. Well, we're happy to have you as part of the Arizona State Athletics family. Best of luck to you and your team this year, Taryn. And thanks for stopping by and joining us today. Thank you. And thank you for having me. That's new Sun Devil women's lacrosse coach Taryn Van Thoff has been our guest here on this portion of the Anderson Healy Show. Ray will rejoin me for our final segment of this week's show in a moment. Again, this is the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network. Have you heard of the new Hit the Jackpot promotion from the Arizona Lottery? Hit? Like my top 40 hit songs playlist? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, hit. Like how I was the star hitter in the office softball league. It's gone. No. Oh, like my hits in karate class. Hi-ya! No, like the new hit tickets from the Arizona Lottery that are loaded with 33 million in prizes and can be entered to win a progressive jackpot that grows up to $150,000. I'll enter today. Tempe is the place to be to catch the excitement of ASU sports. Before and after the game, Sun Devil fans can enjoy the sunny weather while paddle boarding or kayaking at Tempe Town Lake, hiking around Papago Park, dining on a patio on Mill Avenue, or enjoying a local brew while relaxing poolside at one of our great hotels. The next time you plan to catch a game at ASU, plan to play and stay in Tempe. To learn more, go to www.tempetourism.com. We'll see you in Tempe. Leadership, teamwork, sacrifice, putting life's lessons before yourself. This is Arizona State Football 2022. It's not just a point in time. ASU is part of my life. That's what makes the wins and losses personal. Down the far sideline, and DJ Taylor is going to take the opening kickoff. I'm Tim Hovick, and it's football season in the desert. We are Santan Ford. Your moment has arrived. Welcome to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Bigger, bolder, and better with so much more to offer. Grab a cold drink and cool off in a cabana at our all-new resort pool. Or take a taste of the here and now with even more dining destinations to choose from, including our new rooftop restaurant and lounge, Prime, a Shula Steakhouse. It's time to own your moment. So you do you. We're heading down the home stretch of this week's edition of the Anderson Healy Show from the Sun Devil Radio Network with Arizona State Athletic Director Ray Anderson. I'm ASU Radio Broadcaster Tim Healy, and Ray and I are delighted that you joined us this week. Ray rejoins me now on the show as we talk some hockey. Earlier in the show, we mentioned the Sun Devil Volleyball Program's marathon five-week stretch of road games this past month, or actually in uh, yeah, in the month of September. Well, you know what? Sun Devil Hockey has a mini road trip of its own going on right now. After opening their season with two hard-fought losses last week at fifth-ranked Minnesota Duluth, Coach Greg Powers' Ice Devils remained in the state of Minnesota this week as they prepare for two more games up there this weekend at Bemidji State on Friday and Saturday. And, Ray, it really seemed to make a lot of sense for the hockey team to stay up there and uh, prep for the game rather than uh, back and forth round trips from here to Minnesota. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of uh, travel wear and tear on your student athletes. If you're trying to uh, come back and then go right back out. So uh, fortunately they have a lot of experience because, you know, uh, two years ago they did mm-hmm. uh, all the games on the road uh, during COVID in the big 10 
so they're used to being back there in the Midwest. So to go back there and stay for the week uh, and, you know, you get so much work done uh, with being able to take classes online and you travel with your tutors and your academic advisors, uh, you really kind of get them uh, secluded uh, in an academic way that may even be better uh, than home. But you only want to do that a couple of times a year. So it made a lot of sense. I know Coach Powers is very uh, mindful and strategic. So we're looking forward to them having a really good weekend up at Bemidji. Sun Devils lost their season opener at Minnesota Duluth 3-2 to two in overtime last Friday evening and then dropped a 4-1 to one decision to Minnesota Duluth the following night. Jack Jensen, Lucas Sillinger, and Demetrius Komanzis scored the goals for the Sun Devils in their opening weekend of play. After those two games at Bemidji State, the Devils return home to gear up for their historic home opener against Colgate on Friday, October 14th, the first game ever to be played at ASU Hockey's brand-new home, Mullet Arena. All systems go for the opening night of hockey here at Mullet, Ray? Yes, and, and we're really excited about uh, uh, opening that up. And so uh, folks should uh, keep their eyes open for an invitation or promotion for a soft opening, as they say, uh, on the uh, 12th, uh, whereby we're going to uh, uh, open it up for the fans to come in and see uh, what we're doing. We'll have a scrimmage with the men's team uh, and then have some other activities to go with it that I think people will be excited about. But that'll be uh, free to the public, open. And so if you're listening uh, and you got some time this uh, coming Wednesday night, check uh, our website, see all the details, uh, and come on and out and see this new facility. It is fantastic, and we can't wait to host Colgate uh, in the opener next uh, on the 14th, Tim. Boy, what an historic night that will be in Sun Devil Athletics, to be sure. ASU and Colgate, the first hockey game in brand-new Mullet Arena, Friday, October 14th. Now to cross country, and what a start to the fall season for Arizona State distance runner Vinnie Mari. Sun Devil Cross Country has competed in two fall events so far this season, and Vinnie Mari has won the men's 8K competition in both races. Last weekend, Mari finished first at the Dave Murray Invitational, hosted by the University of Arizona down in Tucson. Vinnie's winning time in Tucson, 23 minutes, 20.4 seconds. The Sun Devil men finished second in the team competition behind the host U of A Wildcats, but Ray, what a start for Vinnie Mari, having won the men's 8K at the U.S. or the UC Riverside Invitational a couple weeks ago, and now they win the 8K at the Dave Murray Invitational in Tucson. Yeah, Vinnie's off to uh, obviously a very strong start, two for two, uh, in two very competitive uh, races against really good competition. So, uh, really happy for how he's come out leading the men uh, overall, and you know, second place finish. So. You see the improvement there, which is uh, terrific. But, yeah, Vinny is a great, great uh, uh, athlete, uh, uh, superior student as well. So he's doing his thing, Tim, and the team is following suit. The next team competition for ASU Cross Country will be the Pac-12 Championships to be held in Riverside, California. That's coming up at the end of this month on Friday, October 28th. Finally, a big weekend in Arizona State Athletics this coming weekend. This is Hall of Fame weekend in Tempe. Seven 
former Sun Devil student-athlete greats will be inducted into the ASU Sports Hall of Fame this weekend, while two legendary coach-slash-administrators will enter the ASU Hall of Distinction. The newest members of the ASU Sports Hall of Fame will be football star Terrell Suggs, a pass-rushing terror for Arizona State from 2000 to 2002, and a longtime All-Pro defensive lineman for the NFL's Baltimore Ravens, three-time All-American wrestler and 2011 125-pound NCAA champion Anthony Robles will also enter the Hall of Fame. So, too, will two-time NCAA shot put champion Jessica Presley, who was the national champion in both 2007 and 2008, as well as one of her track and field colleagues at Arizona State, six-time NCAA champion thrower Ryan Whiting. Women's basketball star and two-time Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year Breon January will be another inductee into the ASU Sports Hall of Fame. Joining her will be All-American women's golfer Anna Nordquist and four-time All-American swimmer Caitlin Andrew, who is our guest here on the Anderson Healy Show just a couple of weeks ago. In addition, the ASU Hall of Distinction will welcome two new members, former Sun Devil assistant football coach and longtime Arizona State Athletics Administrator Don Bakke, one of the most beloved figures in ASU sports history, and legendary Arizona State head women's basketball coach Charlie Turner Thorne, who led the Sun Devils to 14 NCAA tournament appearances and three Pac-12 championships in her 25 years in charge of women's hoops at ASU, Charlie having announced her retirement just this past March. Ray, that is quite a class of inductees into the uh, ASU Sports Hall of Fame and the ASU Hall of Distinction. You know, Tim, it's it's really a terrific class, and uh, I'm looking forward to spending time with uh, all of them. I know some better than others, but certainly know the names equally well for what they've done in their careers here at ASU. So uh, it's going to be a fun Friday and Saturday uh, celebrating uh, our Hall of Famers and our inductees, our Hall of Distinction with certainly Charlie Turner Thorne and Coach Baki, uh, who, who was just tremendous, tremendous for this program. So should be a wonderful weekend and looking forward to spending time with all of our famers. The newest Hall of Famers will be inducted at a Friday luncheon this coming Friday, October 7th. That will take place in the Santan Ford Club on the uh, concourse level of the east side of Sun Devil Stadium. And it will be my honor to serve as the MC for the uh, Hall of Fame luncheon this coming Friday. The inductees will then be recognized on the field at halftime of the Sun Devil football game against the Washington Huskies on Saturday afternoon. That's just another reason, Ray, why the fans need to come out out the Sun Devil Stadium this Saturday for the 1 o'clock kickoff against the Huskies to help honor ASU's new Hall of Famers. Uh, there's no question about that, Tim. It will be a nice, nice uh, boost for the whole weekend uh, to have additional folks in the stands. So come for the game, but also come to celebrate uh, our Hall of Famers. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful Rare day game here in October, so uh, it is a, an opportunity, and we need their presence and hope people will come out and join us, Tim. And on that note, we bring down the curtain on this week's Anderson Healy Show, and we thank you for joining us. Some thank yous before we leave. First and foremost, to our terrific engineer producer, Sean Crespin of the Sun Devil Radio Network, for his technical assistance. 
And uh, we also want to thank our producer, our new show producer, Arizona State Senior Associate Athletic Director, Doug Tamaro. And finally, a big thank you to Kim Nelson of Sun Devil Athletics. She is our show scheduler. We'll be back next week with another installment of the Anderson Healy Show, and we hope you'll make plans to join us. Ray, great talking with you as always. Have a good week, and we'll see you Saturday. We'll see you Saturday, Tim, and hope to see many, many, many of our Sun Devils out at the stadium as well uh, to cheer us on for a victory and also to celebrate our Hall of Famers. So until then, we say go Devils. Go Devils. Till next time, for Ray Anderson, I'm Tim Neely. We thank you for joining us here on the Anderson Healy Show. So long, everybody. You've been listening to the Anderson Healy Show, powered by Elevation, the Sun Devils' preferred home energy technology company. Hey, Sun Devil fans, college football is back. So grab your friends in a cold, refreshing Dos Equis lager and make the most out of game day. Dos Equis is the one to score for your tailgate, at the bar, or even watching with your friend who went to that other school. So buy a cold, crisp Dos Equis and get those forks up on game day. Dos Equis, proud partner of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2022. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. It takes hard work to be the best in the game. Planning, commitment, resilience, sweat. That's why Old Dominion Freight Line, the number one national LTL carrier for quality, works hard to be the best in the game and is proud to support those striving to be the best in theirs. Old Dominion Freight Line, official freight carrier of Sun Devil Athletics, helping the world keep promises. If you plan on flying on or after May 3rd, 2023, make sure you have the new Arizona Travel ID to get you past TSA security checkpoints. This credential shows a gold star in the upper right corner and is available to Arizona residents as a driver's license or an ID card. Don't risk a missed flight on or after next May 3rd. Log on to aztravelid.com for a list of qualifying documents you'll need to get your travel ID today. Vibe check. A free afternoon on a Friday. Vibe. The party after the after party. Vibe. 3 a.m. text from your ex. No vibe. A hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C. Big vibe. Vizzy is a vibe. Celebrate responsibly. 2022 Molson Coors Beverage Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, flavored beer.